dad bod rap pod um in in a in a de la soul um analogy dave Dave. Dave is Dave. Dave is Dave. <laughs> Dave is Dave. You're, I'm obviously Pasta and you're Mace. And that makes me Mace. God damn. I am about three feet Mace tall. Mace LeBlanc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Oh, man. Um, Dad bod rap pod. Men of a certain age talking about rap records and such. Um, my name is Dem One, uh, Damone Carter. I'm here with Nate LeBlanc, or as Jay Zone says, Nate LeBlanc. Yes, uh, that was hilarious to hear him say it like that. My uh, whole family used to say it like that. Really? Yeah, my, my aunt Mary has this funny thing she said, actually, at a funeral. I won't get into the whole context of it, but she's like, we thought our name was LeBlanc until about 1983 when the kids came home from school and told us it was LeBlanc. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I believe it was me. I'm like, there's no such A sound in French. It's a French oh. last name. So and, it's LeBlanc. And <laughs> that is your introduction to young Nate. Uh, also kind of like young Sheldon. <laughs> A.K.A. young Sheldon. Um, and we also have the inglorious uh, Dave Ma. How's it going? Doing well. Definitely yeah. a bastard, but doing well. <laughs> yeah. How are you guys doing? Good to be back. Yeah, it is good to be back. I feel like it's been a while since we saw each other. Right. And and man, do we have uh, a lot to talk about. We've got um, an incredible guest lined up. We'll get mm-hmm. into that in a second. But um, somewhere here in the last couple days, um, has there's been a, a an actual hip-hop anniversary, not like a 27th or a 22nd. Um, the 30th anniversary of Three Feet High and Ryzen. Um, 30th anniversary wow yeah wow um a record that is in the library of congress actually um obviously a ginormous groundbreaking record i just wanted to ask you guys a little bit younger than me um when when did you how did it hit you like when did you pick it up what were your impressions when you you first heard uh three feet high and rising i was nine when it came out so i mean i obviously like went back and revisited um, and, you know, and I was talking to Nate earlier about this, but I mean, as it stands, technically, it's not even my favorite De La album, right. but I mean, I certainly understand the significance of it and obviously how colorful it is. And it's, you know, Prince Paul's brilliance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, probably Buddy, like when Buddy was on MTV, was it MTV back then? Sure. Um, Yo MTV Raps, Buddy, probably, if I had to guess, mm. that's probably how mm. I heard it. Um, but yeah, I I, I probably I, I was like, what's this? This is different. Mm, you know what I mean? Right, yep. Um, but yeah, also not not my favorite Dela album. Um, I love I. It's a great album. It's one of those like records for people who don't really like rap music that much. You're they like, love. They, they love, love right, Three Feet High and Rising. It's like their yeah. first thing they listened right. to that wasn't alternative rock or whatever. Mm-hmm, it like mm-hmm. got helped that get them into yes. like hip hop or right. whatever. Yes. But um. I don't know. It's, it's, it's all over the place. Right. Right. Yeah. I, completely different. It's you know? it, completely different. Completely. Obviously, that's that's how it it struck me. Um, I was fuck. I was twelve, um, and I remember seeing the um, the oh my god, me myself and I video. Right. In which um, was a song they didn't want to do, um, and so their whole kind of nonchalant kind of assholery that they had in the video was actually real because they they thought there was a cheesy song interesting so they just Um, didn't want to be there yeah they didn't want to be there they didn't want to do that with such an obvious loop but um their that kind of bohemian sensibility Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and how they juxtaposed it with um 
if if you haven't seen the video, they're kind of making a parody of these old school rap archetypes, kind of tough guys mm-hmm. with chains and shit. Um, which actually earned them a lot of backlash mm-hmm. at a point. But I remember being Isn't like, that kind of what De La Soul is Dead is about? Right. It's yes. Like, yes, a response to that because they got people labeled thought they kind wouldn't of throw no joints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did a whole record trying to prove they weren't busters, but right. th- there was something in it, suburban black kid, kind of like, oh shit, there's another way of being in, in rap. And it's mm-hmm. and I remember feeling like it was a little bit beyond me. Um I remember my guy, him boogie friend mentor, a little older than me, um, they were really into it, him and his kind of age cohort. So I like kind of fronted like I got the record more than I did. Um <laughs> you know, just the skits, everything, it was so far out. Right, and right. even when you go back, um I guess what still hits me is how complex those fucking lyrics are. Totally. It's, yeah. just, it's insane. Right. Like this is 89. If you listen to other shit from 89, how literal it is and how right. just they were so The far biggest ahead. thing in the world is Hammer, right? And right. They, they're doing right. this. Right. Right. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. They're, they have always had a very poetic lyric style. Oh, like yes. nothing is quite um, exact. They're, they never yeah. say exactly what they mean. They always have like a a it, flavorful like spin on it spinning, right? Yes. right so that's i mean i i love stuff like that totally. it's yeah. amazing to i mean pasta news you can just revisit his dense rhymes forever totally yeah. you know what i mean yeah and it's still it's still like uh lyrically i mean it really still holds up right now you know a lot of people are like that was the the introduction of the actual skit like of an actual skit an actual running thing and you know prince paul's genius um of course. is is on full display on that record now, I'll say this, also not my favorite De La record, but there's a weird, I, I caught this, I don't know if you guys caught this on the on the Twitters, um, there was some kind of, I don't know, maybe a 22-year-old is gaslighting us or something, <laughs> but there was some kind of debate around, does any did anybody actually like De La Soul? Of like, course! Yeah, no, it was weird. I was like, is this really like a thing? Right. And so I'm like, I don't know, I think that's some... Hack journalists trying right, it's to an anti-vaxer. Yeah, <laughs> nobody I know has measles. Yeah, we don't need this shit. <laughs> flat, just, just flat. He doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, of course, they're like they're one of the most important rap groups. Right. Like they ch- they completely changed the game, and it's they happen to come along at a time where a lot of things are changing. I think the closest right. analog to um, the kind of sample delic, if you will, palette of Three Feet High and Rising is Paul's Boutique. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing where it's like they're just taking things from so many right. different places and c- making them hip hop and doing like collaging. story songs right. and short songs and skits. It's a, they're actually quite similar mm-hmm. in in a couple of different ways. Three man groups. Right. Um, right. You know. Right. Anyway, there's a, you could do a whole thing on that sometime. But um, also a bunch of terrible music being made. Like that's like the sure, the mainstream sure. rap at the time was a, a far cry totally. from the well, quality. It, it seemed of like this. everybody was lobbing darts and kind of seeing what stuck, you know, but, but they were just like master masterminds. Yeah. It's, it's so far ahead of what was the norm at that time. And then there was this like real backlash because in a way without having the language for it, they were really challenging toxic masculinity mm-hmm. at, oh, at that point in time, even their choice of colors and like mm-hmm. how they presented mm-hmm. themselves um, and Naming just, yourself after yogurt, yeah, <laughs> just and it was so silly, almost in like when you see uh, clips of the Beatles and they're actually funny. Like right. they would all kick it and they were really right. funny. Totally, together. they had like they, an internal like cutting kind of jokey thing. Yeah, so De La had that the, a similar type of energy in terms of these kind of inside jokes and like 
basically they were just really cool. Mm-hmm. Like they were a lot cooler than you, and you kind of wanted to to get into it. So um, um, I, I might be tripping. I'm gonna ask you, Damone. Like, uh, is this what like the kids in a different world were listening to? Absolutely. Is there like a, a similar Absolutely. thing Whitney there? Gilbert it's kind of like had, a, a yeah. Uh, Historical black college kind of intellectual bohemianism well, for sure, and you know tribe is part of that tradition right, as well. Right, yeah. um, it's it's basically I think Chris Rock explained it as like um, the best rap comes from the kids who are like adjacent to the hood, right? You know what I mean. So you have a tribe in them all going to kind of these art high schools and mm-hmm. shit, and you have kind of Dela out on their own on their own space and kind of doing this, this weirder nerdy stuff. And it, it's definitely a thread of what we would now call Afrofuturism. Can't talk. Um, That, you know, that outcast is a part of that, you know, um, when you see Afropunk and that whole aesthetic, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it, a lot of that dates back to this, the three feet high. It basically Casting aside a certain stereotype, right? I mean, it's Afrocentric and complete next level. Yeah, you know, just just bananas. So I I would say it's it's one of those records that like I'm not saying you got to listen to it every day all day, but if you consider yourself a, a part of this culture, right, it's it's right. a seminal record at least one time. You it's gotta, you gotta I, like I said at the top, it's not my favorite record. But when I went to go do our little Instagram post yesterday, I had two copies of it: one on single LP, one on double LP, and every single that was associated with it. Nice. It's like. It's, yeah. You have to have it. It's right, like this right. is this is foundational right. to and our I, kind of sensibility of what wished, wished, good hip hop is. I wish there were streaming numbers for like how many times an album is revisited. Because good I segue, mean... Dave. <laughs> yeah. They are having a streaming controversy oh. right now, which we have not addressed. We've kind of sat this out on yeah, Twitter, and right. like I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. I well, mean, I, I feel like they're getting fucked, and I support them one hundred percent. Of course, but it's real easy to just take the artist side. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah, and and it's one of those things where you know being a a hack artist myself um these conversations about numbers and things always kind of like just almost bore me in the sense that like how many points you get on a record or whatever is typically not something i care a whole lot about i want to see equity for artists i want to see artists get compensated what they need to get compensated part of me is like i wish you would just kind of handle that out out from public view right it well it seems like they're they're very public um so we're recording this on the 4th. It'll probably be out on Thursday the 7th. Um, at this point in the controversy, going public seems to have helped them push to renegotiate. Yeah. Right. So yeah, maybe right. It's, it's working. A leverage, yeah. It's a leverage I don't know. ploy. Right. Plus, For sure. Pops, uh, Paws did say he owes some uh, he, he owns the deed to some acres in the West Indies. Yeah. So his pops could build a residence to house <laughs> his seeds. seeds. So he's sure. probably doing okay. Yeah. That was a long time ago. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's not that I don't care about the money. The money's very important. It's just like it's just been a like you can't really talk about the 30th anniversary of this landmark record without talking about the fact that it's not on streaming and they're in this very public fight with Tom mm-hmm. Silverman right. about the the percentages the and stuff. And like song. you said, it's just it's not like what we want to be. Well, it's in. it's like it's like athlete salaries. I, in general, I go. I want the athlete to get as much fucking money as they can. I don't. I don't like when people get butt hurt about so and so want mm-hmm. such and such. I'm like, that's their fucking life. Let them go ahead. Get millionaires over billionaires any day. But um, the the specifics of it, what the cap number is, how many years. Like, I don't care about that shit. Like, I come to this for entertainment as mm-hmm. as a form of art, and I, it, and so. While I support them, like the controversy surrounding it is 
a little bit tired, although I will say this. Uh, Jay-Z, um, in his role as the, the head of title, not streaming it is dope because it's like, oh, there's something that counts more than just right, right. money in an industry thing. Like he has a power to not do that, so he's not going there he's not gonna stream it until they work they work it out with Tommy Boy, which is I think dope. This is the part I don't understand about that. And if they're not saying in their things like we don't want it streaming. They do want it streaming. They just want a higher percentage of right, the right. streaming number. Right. You don't don't we all? Yeah, I don't know. So I don't I don't get that totally. But I haven't been totally following this. And like, you know, if you have to pick one, you pick the artist who's like brought this great music into your life yeah, and yeah. made fuck, you a better Tom person. Silverman. Like, I don't know I anything like, about yeah. that, but yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's the kind of this whole layer of the the aspect of sampling um, with Three Feet High and Rising being right. one of the the great sample mosaics of all time. And I guess part of it is that Tommy Boy is saying. We're not sure if all those samples are cleared. We'll figure it out if someone sues us. And De La's like, they already uh, got sued. Yeah, right, the Turtles right. sued them in '88. Right. They had sure. 30 years to figure that out. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so it's uh, it's kind of all that kind of music industry insider shit that again is not my favorite stuff. Although but they've made it the crusade. Like they've and fully, people are like, on it. They embraced. went public immediately. Yeah. And it's know. interesting this idea of like boycotting Tommy Boy. Like how could I don't I'm I not watching that movie. I don't care who puts it on. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, Chris Farley jokes um, early and often. Yeah, I mean I I don't know how I would do that. Like uh, I don't yeah. or do they have anything right now for me to boycott? Like is Tommy yeah. Boy a current enterprise that is doing stuff. you gotta you gotta do like like the MAGA folks do when they like want to burn their nikes you gotta get all your tommy just boy 12 leave inches. it on your feet get some yeah. gas <laughs> no, put on the table light the shit on fire <laughs> right uh make a video yeah no so I, you know there's no way for me to take in the entertainment that i want from de la soul without interacting right. with tommy boy at this right. point right yeah like, well, don't, don't play the 12 inches that are in the stock company sleeve where it says Tommy Boy all over it. Just get the, <laughs> the picture sleeve 12 inch where it's just a little in the corner on the back. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. But I think maybe, again, I think there's been enough cautionary tales and maybe De La is, is part of this story. Artists, get what you got to get on the front end, man. Mm -hmm. Kanye West is, is doing this shit where he's suing his publishers now. To get his freedom. I don't know if you saw that today. Uh, there is a clause in his uh, contract that allows him to never retire. To not retire. Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. totally. But, but what smart lawyer was sitting across the negotiating table from Kanye's team and going, you know what? He's going to retire in like two years. Right, right. Let's not allow him to do that. That's it's, insane. It's like so evil. wild, man. Yeah. It's so, so now we have like seven Kid Cudi albums that we have to sit through uh, for him to get out. But, or like 80-year-old Kanye leading gospel choir someday. Like, oh when can he retire then? Right. I, uh, right. I, I or hope is he it more like, tomorrow. is it like a way for him to retire to opt out of the contract? It, it, is it that? Is I it Barry Sanders? I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. But it's, it's again, it's like, hey, everybody. The the industry is shady as fuck. Um, it has been for time immemorial. Um, I don't know. Kind of watch out for that shit on the front end because that's your only time to do it. Like Lil Wayne has been fucked up for years. Mm -hmm. uh, Drake's situation is, is was fucked up for a long time because people are so hungry to get on. They sign these exploitative deals. And it's like it's not that I don't feel sorry because the game is fucked up, but it's kind of like it, there's been enough bio biopics, there's been enough songs. Like, guys, this this shit is wild, exploitative. If right. you're gonna do that, then you kind of have to live with the consequences. So, um, industry rule number four thousand eighty still 
second effect. Um, let's switch gears. We should. What's next? What is next, man? What do we? What we have next oh, is man. is really a delight. I mean, <laughs> that's really the best way that I can put it. Um, when when we do the show, um, Dave Ma, who you may hear in the background sometimes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he he books artists. And we're literally sitting around at three thirty, um, and and we're gonna record at five, and he'll just be like, "Oh, you know, I got Akinelli is lined up," and and you're like, "Akinelli, like Akinelli, Akinelli, like yeah, Akinelli." Like, I'm not ready. Yeah, <laughs> we we really weren't. Um, so we we had the opportunity to talk to Akinelli. Um, obviously, Queens MC was on live at the barbecue. Most famous now, obviously for for the the put it in your mouth song, but. Um, that doesn't even begin to begin um, the the awesomeness of, of Akinelli. So um, it was a privilege. I was getting tears in the corner of my totally, eyes totally. Um, while he was talking because it's so hilarious, poignant. He's mm-hmm. very open, animated. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to tease it too much, foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> but this is our interview with Akinelli, Dad by Rap Pod. Dad Bod Rap Pod, once again, another dope guest we have on the program. Uh, super dope MC, Akinelli. How's it going, man? What's up? This is Akinelli. Mr. Put It In Your Mouth. Mr. Love Me For Free. Yes, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us tonight. Fellas, please don't get too close to the ladies or you will pay child support. <laughs> yes. Wow. I wow. Somehow I feel right at home with that. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Yeah, That's yeah. the whole purpose of this. Perfect, man. So, so we, we'll, we're going to start at the beginning. Tell us how you got on live at the barbecue. Like, how did that come about? Um, I got on live at the barbecue with my man, Lars Professor. Mm. Lars Professor, we rocked out. We was in high school together. Mm. We got busy. We used to make songs. And then when we used to make songs, we used to make songs. We used to battle each other back and forth. And Lars Professor was like, yo, get on this song live at the barbecue. I got my man Nas, I got my other man Joe Fatal. We'll all get together and rock it. And then we did it. We had fun. We was young kids having fun. And then the rest was history. So what was your impressions of like a young Nas? Like what, when you first came across him, like how did, were you like, damn, this is the dude? Or how did he strike you? Um, yeah, I always felt Nas was dope. I always know that he was really good. I actually, you know, we became great friends. After that, and um, I used to take him around and shopping for his deal. He even talked about it in his songs, Remember the Time, when he says, I was shopping for a deal with Akinelli, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what we used to do, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So then after that, your your first album comes out, 1993. Um, what, what, was, what was it like? Like, what were you bringing to the game at that time? Um, metaphors, like pound for pound, line for line. Like the hardest, 
rap artist, <laughs> you know, and that's what it was. The, 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 the album was titled Vagina Diner. Yes. So it was always like sex. So when I did Vagina Diner, it was like a cunnilingus of someone who eats ladies out. I felt like I was a cunning lyricist. I was a metaphor. Right. So I was trying to, you know, make a metaphor like for Vagina Diner being a cunning lyricist and cunnilingus. Hey. Okay. Okay. Well, who are your who are your inspirations like coming up with that? Were you um, into too short at my, all? Um. No, not really. Not back then. I respect too short's work. I didn't come up on too short. I was from New York City. So when in New York, my inspiration back then coming up was like Big Daddy Kane, really, because like Big Daddy Kane, he was metaphoric. He was like going. So it, it it felt like I was listening to a puzzle when I was listening to him rap. So when I came up. It was like I just took that metaphoric style pound for pound. It was like when you hear Akinelli, I would go neck and neck with the Redmans, with the Buckshot Shorties, with the whoever else was in that time doing metaphors. A friend of mine, we used to run around from stage to stage. We used to both have the same metaphoric style of rhyming. My friend today, his name is Lord Finesse. So we used to run around together and we would go at it and, you know, for, it's like it's like I was a rapper's rapper, you know. Like when the like for instance when the rappers would listen to me, they'll hear it. And it, it's like even though the real rappers they'll listen to me, have fun with the sex songs, you know, being in Akinelli world. But then they know what's up, <laughs> you know. They know like don't 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 do it, you know. So and that's what I came up in. I came up in the field of battle rap. I came up in that. So it was like I had fun with it all the time. Who do you think was your best battle? Like, do you remember one that was really memorable? Um, I used to go at it every day. So it was like I was a real, I was a real everyday battle. It was a lot of great people out there. I sparred with the best of them. I used to spar with Jay-Z. I used to spar with Biggie Small. We would always see each other, and it wouldn't be so much like we're battling. It would always be like we'll go up to each other and say, yo, let me hear that new shit. And then he'll kick it, and I'll kick it, and then I'll be like, oh, wow, you love each other's shit, and that's that. Whoa, whoa. So uh, you just touched on um, battling Biggie and uh, Jay. Can you can you tell us those stories and you know how that came about, what you remember from that? See, yeah, I got, I got you. It wasn't battling Biggie and Jay and them. Oh, okay. it, was like back, it, it was like cypher rhyming. Like okay. We would be like, hey kick some rhymes and you know we'll kick it and everybody would just admire and take what they could get from each other and okay. learn and be like wow you know okay <laughs> uh, um how did you meet large professor and um you know how's um how's working with him large professor he's good i met large professor in high school we used to attend a high school in Queens called John Bound High School. Mm. So me and Large, I was from Left Rock City. He was from Flushing. We were like rival neighborhoods. But me and Large, we got together. We had music in common. So we would always, you know, get with each other and go. Large Professor, as a musician, he's great. As a producer, he's fabulous. Mm. Large Professor is like... Me and Lars Professor, we, we're like reincarnated people today. Lars Professor today is like the new Kanye West is Lars Professor. The exact same thing. He's the off-breed of Lars Professor with music and beats and everything else. We were like the generation before our time. We're like the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. So, so 96, uh, you put out an EP and there was a song on it. Did, did pretty well. <laughs> um, can you can you tell us about how that that EP because it was kind of like an underground EP, right? And then it it just blew up the put it in your mouth EP. Right, it was like um, 
it was like I wanted to make music to have fun. I wanted to make music that was about um, crossing over where everybody could, you know, enjoy and live, and and it, it just crosses all genres. So for me, it was about sex, and I and that was what I was into. That was like my whole life. For my first album, you got to think as metaphoric and as clever as hip hop as it was, it still was titled "Vagina Giant." Right. You know, like like so so, but it, it, it was just that wild. Right. So it was right. like I I wanted to let go and have fun with it. I did I did put it in your mouth. I had fun. It was a song that let go. It was a song basically saying "suck my dick." I don't care about the radio. I don't care about none of that. It wasn't no Instagram. It wasn't no internet back then. You know, it wasn't no. Um, um, radio, you know, sci-fi, radio, serious radio, none of that. It was just raw, cut through, give these people what they want and have fun. That was what I made a whole living on. And then today, you, I, I would always wonder, like, wow, did the artists from back then or nowadays even appreciate the work I do? And then another song I had on it was Fuck For Free. So when I seen Khaled call me and DJ Khaled said, Yo, Akinelli, me and Drake got a record called Fuck For Free. I just want to fuck for free. And he was like, look, it's your record. We want to know, can we use it? We want to know how much money do you want for us to remake the song? I said, Khaled. I don't want one dollar. I just want the publisher. I don't want one dollar. All the money that you're going to give, put it in market it and publish it. This was for all the fallen soldiers who was on the front line of hip hop. This was for when Buckshot Shorty hears it, when Special Ed hears it, when Kumo D hears it. That generation that I came from, the golden era, I want them to feel like, yo, we made it. You know, they, we, we're not the lost and forgotten soldiers. Look, we got the new kids doing the, you know, doing the songs that we did and bringing it back to life. That that was for that era. That was for the Red Man. That was for the Big L's. That was for the um, Pharaoh Mons, you know, for for just when, you know, and, and, and we're the older generation. So when they hear it, they're like, shit, that's Ocinelli's old shit, you know? And they feel like, okay, cool. Drake still pays homage. So it meant more to me to make sure that that was completed and to really feel good about it and feel proud like you just didn't die in vain. Mm. That's 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 dope. But it, it did the song put it in your mouth did go radio. Did that like surprise you? Like how how Guys, the got? song the song the song put it in your mouth never ever touched the radio. Ever. Underground mix shows but never got added on daytime radio. Ever. <laughs> okay, but but do you feel like you know, you're maybe ahead of your time in that sense? Like if it came out now. I I I, I think I think I was so ahead of my time that the song still exists. So in hip hop, you know, you want to go gold, you want to go platinum, you want to go triple. But the first thing that you always want is like, I got what I always dreamed for, a song that will live on forever and ever in rap era. So when you get one of those, you got to be fortunate, you know? You got to love it, you got to respect hip hop. Like with all the artists that was in my era, it's like, they might have been doing a lot more, but in today's world, I outlived them, you know? Mm. It's, like, it, it, it's like I outlived them just having fun, not making songs for the time, you know? Right. right. Mm. Were, were you surprised when NDRE flipped that, flipped that beat for her, for her joint? Um, I wasn't surprised. I, 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 I got it because um, it's basically they're capitalizing on, you know, the hard work and and the muscle that someone put into their art. And then they try to, you know, capitalize and go on it. 
And then after, and it's like, I wouldn't mind it. I, I, I like her. I respect her as an artist. I wish she would have recognized it a little more. But when they don't recognize it, it's like, whatever, you know? <laughs> she don't recognize it. I don't recognize her. It was like, fuck it, <laughs> you know? And that was it. Hey, Hawk, I was wondering... I was wondering if you um, have been following the saga with De La Soul recently and if you had any thoughts on the whole, you know, them getting a small percentage of everything. Um, De La Soul had a magnificent, perfect, beautiful run out here. Right now, it got to be, like, right now, there's no, for me, there's no excuses for what happened. I'm sorry that it happened for them, but it's like De La Get back, enjoy the music, have fun with it. Fuck who's taking what. Make sure it gets out there and get on that road and give them De La Soul. Rock star it. Don't get too... A, a lot of these artists, they out-business themselves. Mm. So they're so smart trying to think about what's going wrong or what they're not getting instead of fucking I'm letting go and I'm going, you know? And that's it. Let go and go and it'll follow. You want the respect from these people, the only way they give you the respect is when you actually don't care and you got the fans on your side. The only thing their big companies respect is the fans and the and the um the fans and the people that supporting you. That's all they respect. So if you want them to change it, get the fans. And the way you get the fans is you stop looking at the business and go the other way and start attacking. Remember who you started with. You were the rapper. You drop every other song, every other day. That's, you know, and that's what it is. That's, that's dope. So, so I don't wait. think I don't think I don't think Drake would have been where he is today if he would have gotten cash money saga and try to work out a contract. You know, he just kept dropping songs and saying, fuck it. And he would got so big that everybody had to give him what he wants. We we've seen that with a lot of artists. And then for me, coming back from the old era, I seen it with great artists like Tribe Called Quest, beautiful artists that said, look, our business ain't right. We're not coming back till the business is right. And then what happens is your era moves on. I've seen it happen uh, naughty by nature. Hey, we're going to wait for Time Boy to get it right. It's like, fuck waiting for them to get it right. We learn from them things. Just keep going. See, you know, Biggie Small, shoot out. Keep firing, you know? <laughs> That's it. Just keep firing. And they'll respect it. All they respect is hit. You know, nothing else. <laughs> right. Man. Good game there from from Akinelli. Uh What are you doing these days? I heard you're you're running a, an orphanage. <laughs> I'm running a what? An orphanage. <laughs> Just an <playing>. orphanage. <laughs> um, a, bra- a brothel. What I did was for what I what I what I did was for me nowadays is like art representing art imitating life. Yeah. Um, when I was coming up, I was the artist. I, I had sex songs. All of my songs. Just, I never made it to the arenas. Only the time I made it to the arenas is when I was alongside Jay-Z cutting in, when I was alongside other artists. But for the most part, all of my music was sex music. So I played in strip clubs every night. of my, and, 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 and I got it blown like that. So I felt like, damn, this is a way of giving back. I kind of I kind of got into the strip club business. When I got into the strip club business, at one point I owned 14 strip clubs, and I would just have my sex songs playing in there. Then in 2008, I came to Miami and opened up a place called King of Diamonds, you know, and that was really going great for years. That's where, and then a lot of rappers came through there because I was able to cross-promote with them, and they were able to identify, like, damn, this is Oxbox. When we were little, he was making sex records, and that's what it is. And then what I started doing was just creating more and more 
strip clubs, and now I'm in Miami opening up strip clubs, and that's and it's fun for me. I'm in a place where I hear music all day. I get to compete as an artist that's rebellious, trying to be the number one place with the number one people playing the number one music day in day 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 in and day out. So I'm able to comfortably grow old listening to rap day and night, enjoying the new artists and watching them come and watching them go. <laughs> Man. Ak, we really appreciate you coming on the program, man. Um, I've actually been to King of Diamonds in Miami. And <laughs> it's, a wonder, it's a wonderful establishment. We really appreciate you coming on the program. Thank you so much. Yes, I, would pre- I thank you for having me. And what I'm doing right now, I'm located on Ocean Drive, another spot called The Venue in South Beach. And I'm running for mayor of South Beach in 2020. Mm. So we're going to have fun out here. Yes. Wow. There, it, there it is. Vote Oct 2020. I want Let's do it. My, 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 my whole stand that I'm on is like some people want to legalize the marijuana. Some people want to legalize a whole bunch of privileges for people over the border. My thing is I feel like we should legalize prostitution. Yes, single mom shouldn't be out there. <laughs> One issue candidate. <laughs> wow. Okay, man. Well, well, man. Thank you so much, Dad. By Rap Pod, dopest guest. Thank you, Akineli. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Peace, Ak. All right, you guys are good. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, man. Take care. Dad bod, rap pod, um, wow, Jeez. a lot of game man. being dropped there. That he's that was so cool, man. That was incredible. Like, I loved that interview. That was yeah. one of probably if definitely top three, if not the favorite. Definitely interview top that we three. So entertaining, so straightforward. It was like a tiger uppercut right away. Yeah, right. yeah. I was. Uh, it's kind of like a drunk J Zone in a strip club. Like he was like he <laughs> right. was like literally. Yeah, it's like you're wise and you have like mm-hmm. your this great perspective on your career, but you're also like actively engaged in the business of having fun right like, yes it's, it's and like he went so pro cool. having fun right. and, you, uh, and you know where you at in your stage in life and you know and you come off that way it's it was brilliant man i yeah totally unexpected i'm, I'm i mean we're never sure what right, to expect right, when we right. talk to different rappers but um yeah so he he definitely understands um his legacy i thought his comments around the de la soul situation were really interesting really interesting. because 100 because he's the kind first of like, new take i've heard on this perspective yes, yes. Right, right from Akinelli. and he just kind of really dropped some game there and kind of um the way he's pivoted from a song a song that was on a mixtape <laughs> a rapper of, of a an of, ep they didn't have an EP. Back then. okay <laughs> any an ep a song from an ep um that you know, we were talking earlier is a verse and like an extended hook chorus that kind of caught fire in a way viral before viral Mm -hmm. put in your mouth viral. That's kind of bad, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it blew up to this degree, uh, became a strip club anthem. And then he gets into the strip club business. I mean, it's just understanding your brand and and Mm -hmm. who you are in the culture and he talks about it it's what what a perfect pivot you know what i mean and now he's running for mayor (laughs) running for mayor that was so tight jesus 
it was already going great, but then when yeah. he said that, I was just like, could this interview be any be better? better? Totally. This yes. is amazing. Yeah. I got to get a lawn sign. Yeah. One, no, I'm, one I'm platform, here. Dude. One I put platform. it in your ballot box. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, let's go back to something you said at yeah. the end of the interview, though. Yes. You've been I've, there? I've been to, uh, he mentioned King of Diamonds in, in Miami. Um, and so I, I've got a, I got a little story. I didn't know that I, was the owner of King of Diamonds. Drake mentioned it in the song, and that's usually my barometer for what strip clubs I go to. <laughs> pilgrimage. Um, that was yeah, pilgrimage. It's a pilgrimage. Know, right? <laughs> so I was in uh I was in Miami for work um in June of twenty seventeen. It was actually the the evening that the Warriors um swept the Cavs. Mm. Um they didn't sweep it was a it was four one but um, the gentleman's sweep. Yeah, the gentleman's and then the sweep. gentleman's club. Yeah, the, then the gentleman's <laughs> club. So I was I was in Miami, um, watched the game at this bar with with some Dominican Warriors fans who spoke no English, but there was a lot of camaraderie there. Um, and so I'm 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 happy. I'm excited. I'm like, I have no comrades to go with me, but I'm going to King of Diamonds. Fuck that. So hop in the Uber, go to King of Diamonds. It's it's a very nice strip club. Um, wide assortment of wonderful staff there uh, had a great time and I'm like man this is a, a fun evening I'm gonna head back to the hotel I get up to kind of walk out and I'm like where's my phone and I'm kind of searching around because I need I need to get the uber back I don't have my phone I'm in King of Diamonds looking under tables, oh asking God. people if they see my phone. No matter how nice a strip club is, you don't want to be on the floor. <laughs> you, you really don't. And so now they're looking at me like, you asshole. Like, what are you doing? Like, get the fuck out of here. And like, like, you don't have to look under their skirts. They'll yeah. show you if you just give a couple singles. So, so Akanaya has her phone. I'm, yeah, dude. Uh, it, it, was, it was bad. It was bad. So I'm just like kind of like lightweight panic because I'm also kind of drunk too, right? And I'm just like, how am I going to get home? And, like, the the woman who works at the front of the of any strip club is one of the sternest, most level-headed people <laughs> in the establishment. And she's like, dude, look outside. There's a line of cabs. Like, get the fuck out of my strip club. Whoa. So I left King of Diamonds in shame, um, got in a cab, went home. Turns out I left, I left my phone in the Uber, which never do because you're never getting it back. You didn't get your phone back? Fuck no. You came wow. back. You were on like a business trip yep. without your phone? I was going to Cuba in three days. Wow. Did, did not have, so, so that whole aftermath of the Warriors winning, I was basically confined to my hotel room watching a loop of game five and not knowing what time it was or how to get on the wow. internet. It was such a surreal fucking experience. But You'd I, much rather lose your wallet than your phone absolutely. at this point, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was so stuck and so trying to call Uber, right, and trying to get them right. to call me back. Like I don't from have a hotel phone. landline? From the hotel that landline. That doesn't even work. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. So, number one, check out King of Diamonds. <laughs> Shout out to Akineli. Um, super dope strip club. Enjoyed it. Um, never lose your phone in an Uber because you're not getting it back. Um, also, Gmail is kind of a punk ass because when you try to log in from other places, because oh, right. I was like at FedEx right. office trying right. to log in and then shit, they it's have like to text your phone. They we're like, we're gonna send a code to your phone. I'm like, I don't have my phone. You, mother- <laughs> oh, it was it was Nerds. so bad. Yeah. yeah, it was it was so bad. But um, now that I know that uh, Ak is involved in this particular business because they have them in other cities. So we encourage you to uh, to check out 
King of Diamonds Strip Club if you are so inclined. Um, and shout out to Akinelli for just being so real totally, and totally. honest and open. Fantastic interview. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We always say this, but it's like I'm like such a bigger Akinelli fan now. After. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you could just meet each artist you like personally right. and talk to them. And they come off well. Yes. Well, and it's like, because yeah, it could have some, the opposite effect. Yeah, the opposite That's effect. That's yeah. true. Never never meet your heroes unless they're Akinelli. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or many of our other esteemed guests. Yes, absolutely. So we're we're you know, really happy he came on and, um, you know, not just being blue with his, his talk. He right. actually dropped some game. Um, and we're really fortunate to have had him on the program. And so we'll, we'll definitely have to uh, circle back with him on his campaign. <laughs> I want, I want, I want live CNN coverage from. Uh, you know how they say like you have to champagne and campaign. Yes, I think that's yes. going to be like his slogan. Oh man, man, champagne. I mean his, yeah, his base. I mean he's he's under <laughs> for South Beach. Oh, yeah, he, he yeah. knows his base. Yeah, so shout out to to Akinelli, um Put in your mouth, twenty twenty campaign. <laughs> the South Beach. Oh man. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that's what you come here for: strip club stories, um, raunchy rappers, and politics, all he, intertwined on the dad bod rap pod.